0: If your broom is busted and your cauldron is rusted, don't fret. Just listen to Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, episode 51. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome to episode 51 of Magic and the Law of Attraction. What is a lucky magic frog spell? Well, if you want to know about magic and working with frogs, Frogs, isn't that what Shakespeare's witches put in their toe a frog into their cauldron when they're doing that evil spell? No, 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 no. Frogs are really beautiful, positive magic for bringing in healing, for bringing in luck, and probably most importantly, for bringing in prosperity. If you would like to have more prosperity in your life, you are going to want to start working with the essence and the intention and the magic of frogs. So we're gonna talk about all about that in this episode. But before we get into that, do you wanna to go to which school? Well, consider this your owl bringing you your invitation. If you'd like to learn about magic, but don't wanna leave the comfort of your own home, then I have the answer. Every month, I teach three amazing Zoom workshops. I teach a first Sunday's witchcraft workshop, and these are how-to workshops, hands-on how-to workshops, showing you one specific magical topic. I've been focusing my first Sunday's witchcraft workshops on Slavic magical practices, and coming up in the months ahead, I'll be teaching topics such as Slavic Talismanic Embroidery, the Slavic Wax Pouring Ritual, and Slavic Living Fire Magic, and so much more. There's also a New Moon Candle Spell Workshop that I teach over Zoom. These workshops come with a deluxe candle spell kit sent right to your door, and together we meet over Zoom, and I show you the tips and tricks and drill down to the important details of the spell. And most importantly, we get to put our spells together all together, and I answer all your questions about how to cast a powerful candle magic spell at home. Upcoming, we've got some great candle spells, such as the lucky money frog and the bring my lover candle spells. I also teach a full moon workshop where you get a spell kit sent to you and you learn how to do some powerful spells that don't involve candles. Some of the spells we'll be focusing on in the upcoming months are making a spirit bottle, working with the Rose of Jericho, and so much more. So if you would like to get involved and join me to do some of these very fun, very interactive workshops, I would love to see you. Go ahead and sign up for them. You can sign up for them now. Just go to witchcraftworkshops.com, and you'll be amazed at all the fun, inclusive, and very, very magical workshops that I have coming up. I hope you'll join me. Just remember, go to witchcraftworkshops.com. So let's dive in and learn about the magic of frogs. Frogs and toads are really a part of magic. You know, we see this in cartoons. We see this in movies where they have kind of, you know, comic witches oftentimes will be working with frogs and toads. Yeah, they're throwing a frog or a toad into their cauldron as they're doing their spell, right? But frogs and toads feature prominently in true magical folklore, not just in cartoons and silly movies about witches. They really do show up in ancient, ancient magical practices in many societies. Frogs and toads were used for many magical purposes. They could, for example, help to predict the weather or for curing warts. I'm sure you've all heard that one before. You get a toad and it will cure your warts. They're also used for bringing in good luck. Frogs have often been related to the mythical origin of life. The stories of how life began on this planet sometimes include frogs. They're associated with the primeval waters out of which all life has come. Frogs also have lunar attributes. They're seen as like going with the cycles of the moon or fertility attributes, fecundity, being prosperous and having abundance, regeneration of life and resurrection, pregnancy, eroticism. The wetness of the frog often is associated with life because without water, of course, there is no life. Frogs can also be harbingers of the rain. Rain's coming, you know, the frog might indicate to us. Or frogs can be used to bring the rain. Frogs are often seen as protector spirits of mothers and newborns or protectors of water spots like ponds, streams, rivers, and springs. There's lots of superstitions about frogs. Omens, folklore, you name it. But let's go back to some of the oldest information we have about frogs. Ancient Egyptians had a frog-headed goddess named Heket, and she was the goddess of fertility and birth. So a lot of our associations with fertility and pregnancy and the birth process and the association with frogs with that come to us from this ancient Egyptian understanding of the frogs as being that uh, spirit of fertility and birth. There was a belief that if you wanted to conceive, if you wanted to get pregnant, you should touch a frog and that will give you that, Uh, ability to get pregnant. Now, why would frogs be associated with fertility and birth? Well, in Egypt, Egyptian culture was really dependent on the Nile. The Nile River flooded its banks, and when it did flood, it left beautiful, rich soil. It also brought the frogs out, and frogs were everywhere during that time when the Nile River was flooding. So that annual flooding of the Nile meant rich soil and also meant strong crops so that people could have abundance, could eat and have that abundance. But frogs being associated with that were an indicator that the farmers would have an abundant season. So frogs were really associated with abundance and with fertility of all kinds. Now, frogs got turned against the Egyptians when we have the documentation of the frogs in the Bible. In the Bible, a plague of frogs swarms over the land of Egypt, sort of turning this on its head, this beautiful spirit of abundance on its head. And this was the God, the sort of Judeo-Christian God's way of showing that that God was dominant over the ancient gods of Egypt. In the book of Exodus, There's a verse that details how the frogs were sent to frighten the people of Egypt into rejecting their old gods. So in the Bible passage, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, and I will plague all of your country with frogs. The Nile shall swarm with frogs that shall come up into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the houses of your servants and your people, and into your ovens and your kneading bowls. The frog shall come up on you and on your people and on all your servants. So this was saying your go- old gods, the Egyptian gods, and the belief that the frogs and Hecate were going to be dominated by the Judeo, the, the Jewish god, Yahweh. So this was turning that belief about the frog being a positive symbol into being too much, too much abundance, too much of this energy of the frog was supposed to be something not desirable, and it was very symbolic. Now, in some traditions, frogs are associated with cleansing and rebirth. Well, there's a real reason for that. If you know about the life cycle of a frog, it first starts out as an egg, and then from the egg, a tadpole is born. That tadpole looks a little bit more like a fish than a frog, but eventually that tadpole grows some legs and it's able to leave the water and go on to land as a frog. So that idea that there's this rebirth, this transformation is very strongly associated with frogs. They're really, really connected to transformation magic. Because of that I would say, three-stage life cycle, egg to tadpole to adult stage. They're seen as uh, transformation animals, a symbol of transformation, just like a butterfly has a caterpillar, then it goes into the cocoon and then comes out a butterfly. It's very, very magical and very much about transformation. Now, Frogs are also believed to predict the weather. In parts of Appalachia, for example, it's believed if you hear a frog croaking exactly at midnight, it means that rain is on the way. And in some societies, it's just the opposite. If you hear frogs croaking during the day, it means that storms are coming. Frogs are also associated with healing. Of course, we mentioned earlier that idea that you want to You'd get rid of a wart, you would touch your, a toad, your wart on a toad, and that would take away your wart. But this shows up in many different cultures. For example, there's a little rhyming, um, little rhyming saying um, in Spanish that says, sana, sana, colita de rana, which means health, health, or heal, heal, little frog's tail. Frogs were seen as healing spirits. And you would say this little rhyme, sana, sana, colita de rana, when you wanted to console someone that got hurt, maybe you had a little kid that fell down or, you know, you would say like, oh, let me kiss it and make it feel better. This would be the rhyme that you would say. Now, there's some traditions with frogs that aren't so great for the frogs. There's a lot of traditions of killing frogs for certain parts or, or using the parts of the frog for certain things. And I don't recommend them, but it's important to share them so you understand the connection of frogs and healing, and frogs, and magic. So there's an old British legend that carrying a dried frog in a pouch around your neck will prevent epileptic seizures. Back in the day when they didn't understand where seizures came from, they would you know, do folk magic remedies. In some areas, in some rural areas of England, it's just the frog's liver that gets dried up and worn, other areas it's the whole frog. Another healing method using a frog is if you have thrush, which is an overabundance of yeast in your body, usually showing up in your throat. It'll make your throat sore. You have a white film on your mouth and your throat. And to get rid of thrush, sometimes they said that if you put a live frog into your mouth, it will cure that thrush. Other ones, other traditions say swallowing live frogs. Wouldn't recommend that. Probably small ones, but still wouldn't recommend it. That would cure whooping cough and tuberculosis. Of course, That's probably not a good cure and certainly not good for the frog. As we said earlier, rubbing a live frog or a toad on a wart will cure the wart. But the belief was that then you had to kill the frog by impaling it on a tree to let him die. These are not nice for the frog, so I don't recommend any of these. But it's important to know them and know what uh, our ancestors were doing when they did frog magic. Now... Frogs can also represent good fortune. Some cultures believe that a frog coming into your house, for example, would be bringing good luck. Other cultures say that a frog coming into your house is bad luck. So you have to check back and see what your uh, ancestors thought about it. Now, in most cultures, it's usually considered a bad idea to kill a frog. Other than those healing treatments that we talked about before, it would be bad luck to kill a frog. Maori people, for example, believe that killing a frog can bring floods and heavy rains. And some African tribes say that killing a frog will bring drought. So killing a frog is never recommended. It's not nice. And it it certainly runs the risk of bringing some bad weather or bad luck. Frog amulets, things that you that represent a frog. So it doesn't have to actually be a frog. It can be a piece of jewelry, for example, or a little necklace or a ring or a talisman of some kind. Frog amulets will protect the wearer while they're traveling. So if you're going traveling anywhere and you want some protection, you can bring a frog amulet with you, a piece of jewelry with a frog on it. You could put a frog amulet, a little charm of some kind or some, some something small, in your wallet, and that would support the protection, and the return of the money in that wallet. So it's like your money goes out and comes back to you, right? Um, Amulets portraying frogs will also help the rebirth of a dead person's soul, will help them come back into their next lifetime. So if you have someone in your life who's at the end of their life or someone who has passed on and you'd like to help them come back into a new body, a new baby body, and have a new lifetime, you can use frog amulets for that. You might want to put them at the gravesite or have them near them as they're passing, and so on. Now, another tradition that I love is um, in Croatia, peasants believe that a frog or a toad is a portent of pregnancy. It's predicting that a pregnancy is coming. So, that's another example of that fertility magic being associated with a frog. The eroticism of a frog shows up in a lot of fairy tales, you're probably familiar with the fairy tale of the frog prince, where the princess kisses the frog and then it turns into a prince. That's about this idea that frogs have this ability to bring this sensual, sexual relationship into your life as well. Now, there's some other beautiful spells that I wanna share, these old folklore spells. In Ukrainian Galicia, which is where my family's from, a young man in the marsh catches a frog that is the first frog to make a croaking sound during sunset. Now, in this tradition, he would insert a needle and a thread into the frog and use that same needle to discreetly stick in the lower part of the skirt of the girl he's in love with. So he could take that needle and thread, he would stick it in the frog. Again, probably not a nice thing to do, but he would put that, I would say, an alternate version, you could rub the thread and rub the needle on the frog and then use it in the bottom of the skirt of the girl that you are in love with. Another variation of that, also not very nice to the frog, but in this, in a Croatian tradition, if a young man is interested in a woman who is, or somebody's interested in somebody else that isn't interested in them, how do you get them to fall in love with you? Well, in Croatia, a young man would get a green frog in order to find a remedy for this unrequited love. When he got the green frog, he would put it in a little box, poke holes in it with a sharp piece of wood, and place the box on an ant hill. The ants would begin to eat the frog. And after two days, the young man would come back to the ant hill and look in the box and would find the skeleton of the frog. Now in the story that is transmitted, he took that box with the frog skeleton in it to church with him and he saw the gal that he had his eye on and when they would go up to get to the, to the holy water font, he took that box with the frog in it and actually accident, accidentally brushed it against her and that box would then cause her to fall in love with him. Now, you do not have to harm a living frog to do frog magic. In fact, I discourage you from hurting any living things to do magic. So you don't have to harm a living frog to do frog magic. You don't even have to be around a real live frog. You can bring frog energy into your home with jewelry, with images, with statues, with little charms, and of course, with candles. We have a frog candle, and I'm going to talk to you about the frog candle spell in a minute. So before I do that, though, I want to tell you about something that you need to know about. Did you know I have another podcast? Baba Yaga's Magic is my new podcast all about ancient Slavic witchcraft for modern witches. I want to invite you to come into the hut on chicken feet and take a seat by the fire. In this very special podcast, I'll take you on a journey to discover the old magic of Central, Southeastern, and Eastern Europe. You'll uncover the magical traditions, learn the spells, and meet the spirits of the Slavic lands. In the podcast episodes that are up now, I've covered topics as diverse as the water spirits, the Rusalki, rain magic, Slavic house spirits, talismanic eggs, ancestor worship, and of course, Baba Yaga herself. In upcoming episodes, I'll be covering Slavic hair spells, working with Mother Earth, and so much more. I hope you'll come by and check it out. You can find Baba Yaga's Magic on iTunes and Spotify or by going to babayagasmagic.com. All right, so let's get into some frog spells that don't harm any frogs, right? There's enough of them that are hurting the frogs, but we don't need to. So there is a tradition in Chinese feng shui of having a money toad or a money frog. This money toad or money frog is sometimes called Jin Chan or Chan Chui. Now, it's a very popular feng shui charm for prosperity. It is a three-legged toad, and that feng shui frog is, that three-legged toad is the symbol of prosperity. If this frog, this three-legged frog, the feng shui frog is in a house, it attracts, a mythical frog that jumps in and increases the family wealth. What do I mean by that? Well, it is said that there is a mythical creature, this three-legged toad that appears during the full moon near houses or businesses that will soon receive good news of a wealth-related nature. The frog legend says that on every full moon day, the frog will appear in the front door of a house with a coin in its mouth. And so this feng shui symbol is a three-legged toad with a coin in its mouth. This feng shui frog does so much for your home. It accumulates positive energy. If you put it on a high part of your home, on an elevated pedestal, on a high shelf, or up somewhere high, it will allow the frog to accumulate a lot of positive energy that will be directed toward the family. If you place this frog near a desk where you work, it will bring you good luck and help your career prospects. And it will also help you to concentrate on your work. You can also place the frog near the place where you keep money in the house so that it can increase wealth and it can capture that wealth energy and direct it to the people in the house who are earning money. And this positive energy will motivate them to earn even more and open up amazing opportunities for them. The feng shui frog will also attract wisdom as well. So if you're studying for a career or studying for something in particular that's going to bring wealth later on, you can place it near your study area. Feng shui frog is also a symbol of health. If you place that frog in the house, it will attract good energy that will keep the members of the family healthy and happy. And it will keep away evil and eliminate the negative energy that um, may come into the home through going out in the world and you bring it home with you. So, bringing frog energy into your house can have a lot of great benefit, and you can do this with a lucky money frog spell. Now, all you need for a lucky money frog spell is a green or yellow frog candle. Then, what you do with that candle is you make a slit in the mouth, you cut open the mouth, and then you put coins in the mouth. You might have a lucky coin, a special coin, a gold coin, for example, or something that... um, was a special coin for you that brings prosperity, and you can put that into the frog's mouth. Then you dress that candle with abundant prosperity oil, money magnet oil, or good luck oil, and then you scatter other coins, herbs, and wealth talismans around the frog. Crystals like pyrite, citrine, jade, and lodestone are all great for attracting wealth and prosperity. You could put lucky coins. If you have some extra lucky coins, you can put those around the frog. Really give it a sense of abundance. You can put uh, bills, like dollar bills, with petitions written on them underneath the frog or underneath the tray that the frog is sitting on. Using herbs like allspice, nutmeg, blue flag root, alfalfa, chamomile, or calendula will also draw in that wealth and money energy. If you have gold jewelry that you like to wear and you want to charge that gold jewelry up for attracting more wealth, you can place that gold jewelry around the frog candle as well. And of course, if you have any good luck charms, money charms, lucky money, talismans of any kind, you can put those around the candle as well. Now, if you want to make the candle extra special, you can add a booster pack. So the booster packs that we sell at the shop are, they include candles, extra herbs, oils, uh, petition paper, all kinds of uh, crystals, all kinds of things that you can use to make your basic spell a deluxe spell. So you can add an affluence booster pack, for example, to this spell to even amp up that prosperity magic even more. Then you can light this candle on a Thursday to bring in more wealth and abundance, particularly if you can do it on a Thursday during a waxing moon cycle when the moon light appears to be getting bigger in the sky, the light of the moon. So after the new moon and before the full moon, you can do that. And that will really amp up this beautiful energy of this. Now, if you want the super deluxe version of it, and you really want to time it in a way that's really going to support that abundance magic, you can participate in the upcoming August Virgo New Moon Lucky Frog, Lucky Money Frog spell that starts, that opens up on August 5th. And if you do that, it's available one week out of the year starting August 5th. You'll get a beautiful spell kit mailed to you. You can also take a workshop with me if you choose, or you can have me do the spell on my altar for you and you can really amp up your prosperity and abundance magic. So there is the Lucky Magic Frog spell a really cool spell, a really fun one to do. And I love the energy of it so much. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about magic and frog magic, candle spells, all kinds of things like that, then check out the Learn page over at the Parlor of Wonders, where you will find a ton of free resources, including workshops, like I mentioned before, blog posts, articles, how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcast episodes, and the way to join me live over Zoom for the magic Q&A Tea Party, which takes place every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, or 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to ParlorofWonders.com, click on the Learn tab to see all the goodies there. I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with your friends. You guys are awesome. I want to say thank you also to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Those reviews are really, really help the show get seen and and other people able to find it. So I really appreciate you doing that and taking the time to do that. I want to say thank you to Gilles Navarre for production and engineering. Thank you to Manfred Hofer for announcing. And thank you to you for joining me. Whether you're here with me live or listening on the podcast, I'm looking forward to the next episode when we'll be answering the question, how to create your own magic ritual. Until next time. This is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever.